Chapter 1 Observing the Armies Part 2 Hello everyone, thank you for joining us on this podcast again. We are continuing with uh, the previous podcast where um, Duryodhana and Dhritarashtra, the son and the father, um, observing the armies. Um, in that podcast, uh, we can see how Duryodhana, the evil son of Dhritarashtra, uh, was inspiring and motivating his team um, to not let him down and to put up a good fight and ensure the complete um, vanquishing of the Pandavas, the pious five brothers. In today's podcast, we'll uh, focus on Arjuna uh, observing the armies. And Arjuna doesn't observe the armies by himself. He's observing the army with his charioteer, um, Krishna. Krishna also happens to be a very good friend of Arjuna. So in that way, Arjuna and Krishna are actually best friends. Um, and Krishna uh, decided to uh, drive the chariot of his friend Arjuna in this, in this big grand battle that took place 5,000 years ago. So Arjuna was ready to start the fight, but then he told his friend Krishna, um, Oh, infallible one, please draw my chariot between the two armies so that I may see those present here who desire to fight and with whom I must contend in this great trial of arms. So this is verse number, uh, text number 21 to 22. Uh, from the Bhagavad Gita uh, by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Um, and Krishna follows that order and takes the chariot in between the armies. Now here there is a very important point to note. And it's a very important point to note. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is God and he has decided to be a part of this particular incident to show quite a few things. But one important thing that he wants to show is how he's always with his devotees. Between God and a devotee, there is a relationship. God is a person and he has a relationship. He's not some um, um, unimaginable um, sound or light that just does nothing. No. The ancient scripture says that he's God. Uh, he's, he's, he's a person with his own likes and dislikes and he has relationship with um, uh, all the living entities and especially those living entities who have cultivated, who are cultivating their long-lost relationship with them, he reciprocates. And he loves his devotees. He has great affection for his devotees. And when Arjuna, his friend, um, said, can you please take the chariot? Uh, I want to see, uh, can you please move the chariot amongst the armies? I want to see who's assembled here to fight. He did not hesitate to do so. He's God. And you would have expect him to say something like, I'm God. Why are you telling me what to do? No, that's not how he is. Because he's so compassionate. He's so merciful. Because he just loves his devotees. He's, he's waiting for them to order him to do something. 
because it gives him a chance to reciprocate. So although he was a charioteer, which means he was the driver of the chariot, normally when you have a multi-billionaire, millionaire, um, or a rich man, you know, they have this really flashy car, but they don't drive it. They usually have a driver that drives it. And, and these drivers are not on the same level as the rich person. You know, they're paid less, they make less money, they're stuck in the car all the time, um, and they just follow orders. In this case, although Krishna is the driver, although God is the driver of this chariot, his position as the supreme personality was never lost. He never loses that supremacy. When he reciprocates with his devotees as a friend uh, or as a child, um, he allows them to control him. He allows them to uh, have a particular mood of interaction with them, which may look as if the devotees are superior. Yes, in, in some way they are superior because they are able to um, uh, tell God what to do. But in that interaction, although he allows that to happen, he does not actually lose the supremacy. Um, a, a devotee always wants to render service to the Lord in a loving mentality, not in a controlling mentality, and not with an evil mentality for sure. He loves God. So he wants to exhibit that love through actions, through a relationship. And God reciprocates in that way through actions and through relationships. So uh, this is a very important quality of the Supreme, uh, Supreme Lord, uh, that he uh, loves to engage in transcendental um, activities and relationships and pastimes uh, with his dear devotees. So when the chariot was um, in the midst of both the armies, Arjuna could see that amongst these armies of both the sides, he could, he could see um, gra his grandfathers, his teachers, his relatives and uncles and brothers and cousins and grandsons and friends and well-wishers and pretty much people he grew up with, people uh, whom he has established a great friendship with over the years, uh, in his adult years. He saw them all there. They were all there. And, and when he saw all these different groups of friends and relatives, people whom he had an attachment with, people whom he had a relationship with, he was incredibly overwhelmed. He was incredibly overwhelmed with compassion. And, and, and he told Krishna, Oh my goodness, Krishna, what am I seeing here? I can see all these people are, are present before me with such incredible fighting spirit, with such incredible spirit to kill one another. We're all known to each other, yet they want to kill. And seeing this, I've, 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 my whole body is shivering and cook, uh, and my mouth is drying up. The, the word used in in the Bhagavad Gita book that I'm referring to, he says, I feel the limbs of my body quivering and my mouth drying up. Arjuna was one of the greatest warriors in the universe. He was so powerful. He had no fear. He could challenge 
anyone and come out victorious. He could go to any planetary systems and uh, have a fight and would come out victorious. And he had his best friend as God. And yet, when he saw that his friends and relatives were the ones who were going to put up a fight, he became weak. This also shows Arjuna had a soft heart. In fact, a devotee who's cultivating his or her relationship with God um, has a soft heart, has a compassionate heart, because he's not really expecting anything from them. Whatever he does, he's doing it to build his relationship with God. And he uses whatever is in his vicinity and in his hands to offer that service. So he never thinks about making use of people, unlike those who are materially situated. For them, everything and everyone is used for one's own enjoyment. They use people to control and to enjoy. But a person situated in spirituality has godly qualities. They have, they have qualities that they have raised through education, through proper inculcation of culture. And Arjuna was such a person. When he saw all his kinsmen, friends and relatives there, he was overwhelmed by compassion for them because, because he would have to kill them also. He was also compassionate about all the millions of soldiers that were gathered there. So he was quite sympathetic about the whole thing. And he, he felt that, what is the point here? Why are we fighting with each other so badly? He tells Krishna that, you know, he continues um, sharing his feelings with his friend. Because that's what you do with a friend. All of us must have a good friend, an intimate friend with whom uh, we share our heart. A friend who will, um, who will not misuse um, the information that you share with them. This is very important. Even in spiritual circles, one of the instructions is that you, you develop good friendship um, with like-minded people with whom you share your heart. No matter how advanced you are, you share your heart if you have problems. And that person can help you or can just hear you out. So here Arjuna is also sharing his heart with Krishna. He continues, he says, I'm, I'm forgetting myself. And, and I can only see causes of misfortune. I cannot see how any good can come from all of this. And I don't desire any victory out of, out of such an incident of, ha of killing millions of people. Honestly, what is, what is the use of such a kingdom? What is the use of such a kingdom? Even if I win and I get all this kingdom, what's the point? Everyone's dead. How can I enjoy this kingdom without having people to enjoy with? You know, what pleasure will I derive from this? And he gives reasons after reasons as to why he doesn't want to fight. So that was one reason. He gives another reason. He says, if we kill all these people, it's, it's a sin. It's a sin. These are friends and family. Not just friends and family, but even teachers and elders, people who have looked after us, who have educated us. If we kill such people, we will acquire sin. He says that, okay, fine. 
those guys on the other side, they, they're overtaken by greed and they may not see fault in killing one another. But why should I? Why should we? We know the crime in destroying um, a heritage, a culture, a family. Then why are we engaged in such an act of, uh, act of sin, such, um, such a disastrous war that will take place any moment? And he says, he, gave, he says, with the destruction of a dynasty, the, the family tradition is lost. And the whole family becomes involved um, in irreligion. A very, very important point. The purpose of human existence, it says in the ancient scriptures, in the Eastern scriptures, that the purpose of human life is to cultivate self-realization, is to cultivate our relationship with God. That's our purpose in life. That's why we have the human body. The birds, the animals, the fish and the bugs and the ants, they can't. They're just surviving. That's all they can do. And in today's world, humans are also just doing what the animals are doing. Sleeping, eating, mating and defending. These four activities. They do it in a gross manner. We do it in a lavish manner. But it's the same for activities. If, if the animals don't have to work so hard in a corporate environment and think about the security and family and money, so much that goes into human life, if they don't have to worry so much and they still get their food, then why do we have to work so hard and why do we have this body? So the purpose of the human body is to think of higher things in life, the purpose of life. What is our position? Who is God? What is his position? What is the relationship that exists between us? And this, is, this knowledge of how it is done is done through institutions, spiritual institutions, religious institutions, through school, through family, through the government, all these institutions that exist in human society is meant to propel the human's lost love of God. So Arjuna here is saying, if we engage in this war, those institutions will be destroyed because the custodians of those institutions are right here on the battlefield ready to put up a grand fight and they'll be killed. And when these institutions are removed from society, the family becomes uh, contaminated, the men becomes contaminated, the women become contaminated, the kids become contaminated. Because there's no culture, there's no tradition, there's no reference point anymore. Everyone's thinking about themselves. And when you have such huge amount of people with lack of spiritual knowledge and culture, then all you have on earth is chaos. As they say, a hellish way of life. And, and he, he also says that when such traditions are lost, no, one's, no one really is going to be focused on 
uh, welfare activities of others, whether it be family or extended family or society or community projects. You know, they won't happen at the speed and with which it should happen and with the right consciousness. And he basically tells Krishna that it's better that they kill me um, unarmed and unresisting on the battlefield rather than me put up a fight. And so you can see he was quite dejected and depressed and frustrated. The greatest warrior on the on the eve of not even on the eve few minutes before the greatest battle that was um, ever going to be fought verse number 46 basically says this is the sanskrit um, verses sanjaya uvacha evam yukta varjuna sankhye ratho pashta upavishad Translation, Sanjaya said, Arjuna, having thus spoken on the battlefield, cast aside his bow and arrows and sat down on the chariot, his mind overwhelmed with grief. So that's how Arjuna observed the armies and the effect it had on him. Compare that to the experience that Duryodhana had. He looked at the vast group of armies and said, let's kill them all. He looked at his own army and he inspired them to fight. His father, King Dhritarashtra, also wanted to know from his secretary, Sanjaya, what happened? What happened when the armies came together? That's basically, he was also looking forward to a big fight. Even though he knew his sons wouldn't win, he still wanted that fight because he wanted his son to win. So this is the difference between a pious person and an impious person, between a devotee and a non-devotee. A non-devotee wants success no matter what, even at the cost of losing everything, even at the cost of destroying relationships. Whereas a devotee wants to retain that love and relationship. So this is one of the prerequisites of um, on the path of spirituality, that we must either have a tender, compassionate, soft heart, or we must eventually aim at developing uh, those qualities. Um, and in fact, these qualities will manifest as you take the journey seriously. If you, if you take full ownership of the human form of life and you take shelter or you take guidance um, or you get advice from a guru or a teacher or a coach and you follow that sincerely and patiently, you're definitely bound to get good results. Um, and, and not just any results, but results that will actually inspire and motivate people. So even though Arjuna was seemingly um, distracted with depression and was, was uh, showcasing um, incredible attachment for millions of people that were there on the battlefield, what we can also focus on is 
um, is his own heart, his kindness and soft-heartedness that comes through his observation of the army. And this is a wonderful quality to have uh, for anyone wanting to engage um, in uh, devotion. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. That brings us to the end of chapter 1 um, of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, which is observing the armies. The next podcast will be uh, chapter 2, which is called Contents of the Gita Summarized. Thank you so much for listening. Hare Krishna.